fans and welcome to this edition of the MOA Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores Podcast. We're coming off a weekend of where bull rings were the name of the game. Of course, unfortunately, Saturday night, September 20th, was the rain date for the finale of Sprint Week for Macon. Their, their, finale, uh, their finale got rained out and was rescheduled for this past Saturday, but unfortunately, Mother Nature decided that Moa just was not going to race at Macon this year, and the skies opened up before festivities could even begin, and unfortunately that show was rained out, and it will not be made up. And Sunday, the series headed over, headed over to the Quincy Raceways over in Quincy, Illinois. And definitely a, an event that had some twists and turns, so had a great field of cars, 27 cars over there, but... Chris, you're a struck pater once again over at the Broadway Bullring, the quarter mile over, over there just on Broadway Street. He picked up his second career Moa's Sprint Car Series win of his career, which was also his second win at Quincy's. So for Chris, it was Quincy's definitely been very good to him as of late. Of course, uh, looking ahead, one of our guests this evening, uh, Kevin Gundecker, owner and promoter of uh, Tri-City Speedway down in Pontoon Beach, Illinois. We'll have him on here coming up in the second, in the, as our second guest here on the show this uh, on this episode. Um, we're going to discuss a little bit about the Gold Crown Midget Nationals and MOA, which has two dates uh, on the Friday and Saturday portion of that show. And... We got Levi Curry lined up to join us as well. He will be our first guest on this on the show. But before we kind of get into talking to our guest, we'll just kind of kind of look at how everything shook out this past weekend at Quincy. Uh, of course, we had 27 cars and three heat races. Uh, had a couple drop-ins of guys that we don't normally always see with us. Of course, we, uh, Terry McCarl dropped in, Bill Baylog, just to name a couple of them. Uh, heat race heat races were won by Bill Baylog. Joey Mohan, who is uh, sitting second in points currently in his 17M, won the heat. But for him, that was unfortunately the end of his evening as he took the checkers. He went up in smoke and... One in the heat race frame was kind of the highlight. Of the, it was the highlight and the low light all, all in one. And heat three was uh, won by three-time and defending Moa Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores champion Jared Hall. Uh, fast Dash would see Jimmy Hurley and Bill Baylog on the front row, and Jimmy Hurley would end up actually passing Baylog about halfway through and going on to a pretty convincing victory in the in the dash event. And Jimmy definitely looked like he was going to be somebody to contend with. Baylog was right behind him. Hall, Urish, and Wyatt rounded out the dash. And in the 25-lap main event, uh, it was definitely one that had its fair share of twists and turns a couple laps into it. Baylog got underneath Hurley and 
sent him or they made contact both cars went around but Baylog did not stop and in the mower rule book there is nothing about contact as as long as the car does not stop they will not go to the back so Baylog by rule ended up back in the lead on that on that deal it was a tough tough break for Jimmy but he ended up rebounding to have a, a good finish in the feature ended up finishing sixth but on the restart made about another lap then lap four a, Jeremy Standridge uh, went for a heck of a ride over the turn three, turn three banking. Did a couple pretty good barrel rolls, but fortunately Jeremy was okay. Then once we got through that, uh, lap traffic was really kind of a factor in the feature event, and the track ended up starting slicking off. But Chris Urish definitely has something figured out about the place because once he before the track kind of started rubbering up a little bit on top, Chris was making some moves, and he even got by Jared Hole, who briefly got by him for second. And then he would end up running down the race leader and taking the lead about half, just past halfway. It was actually in lap 15 that he would take the lead for good, getting by Bill Baylog, who eventually had troubles of his own stopping in the top of two with just two laps to go, but on the restart, Urish was able to take back off, pick right back up where he left off, and the podium looked like this. Uh, actually, top five looked like this. Chris Urish brought home his second win in a row at Quincy Raceways. Jared Hall, current points leader and three-time and defending series champion, brought it home second. Terry McCall, who stopped in after a trip from uh, I-80 Speedway in Greenwood, Nebraska, he come home third. Paul Neenheiser brought it home in fourth, and rounding out the top five was Ryan Bunton. And that's kind of a little bit of a recap of this past weekend's festivities. Uh, after the break, we will speak with one of the drivers who was there this past weekend, one of the young up-and-coming drivers in, in the MOA series, uh, somebody that we'll, I expect to see a lot more of here in the future, the driver, the number 25, Levi Curry. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back on the Mola Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores Podcast. Welcome back to the Mola Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores Podcast. At this time, we have the driver of the number 25 Mola Sprint Car from Lincoln, Illinois, currently residing in Springfield, Levi Curry. Levi, welcome to the podcast, my friend. Oh, uh, thank you for having me, Patrick. Well, Levi, you're kind of one of those guys that, if somebody's kind of following the MOA series, may not, or just kind of getting into it, they see you here, but you're you're relatively new to the 410 scene in general. Just kind of explain your background and kind of what steps you've taken to get to where you are today. Well, whenever I was four years old, I got a quarter midget, ran them until I think I was 10, had some success, ran fourth in the nation. Um, from there, I went to race micro sprints. I ran, I think, two years of restrictor plate, had a little bit of success there, and then from there I ran the multis, 600, the outlaws, and had 11 uh, feature wins and three track championships. So I did pretty good in there, and then my dad bought a brand new micro because we were going to go run with Power Eye, and I decided to drag home a 410 sprint car one day with my own money. So we sold the mic, the brand new micro, and now here we are racing 410 sprint cars. 
How how did your dad kind of feel about you uh, showing up with a 410? Just kind of with the fact that he was bringing home the micro. Just kind of was he kind of surprised or? Well, I don't think he was too happy about it. I mean, because <laughs> he bought all the top of line equipment, and I had probably the biggest, the junkest sprint car you could possibly buy. But it was the fact that I was 15 years old and bought my own sprint car, so I think it kind of caught him, and I at least got him to buy me a motor for it. Well, I'll tell you what, um, you, you, it's definitely one of those things that I, I myself in the stands, and I'm sure a lot of others have seen it, you've definitely found a lot of speed as you've gone along with it. Just kind of explain the learning process and that feeling of what it's like to pick up speed in a race car like that. Just, I, yeah, I, know, I know it's a big, a big jump. Just kind of explain what it feels like knowing that you're picking up speed and just how, how much of a satisfying feeling that is. Last year it was kind of a rough year for me. I mean, I ran probably four shows. My motor didn't run really any of them. We had some bad problems, and I finally got a guy here in town, Bill Boyer, to help me out with the engine part of it, and we finally got it running pretty good. And Yeah, this year just kind of it was like starting all over. I mean, I had power, and I think my first race was at Jacksonville. And I had a nice top 10 finish there. And then the next night went from Jacksonville, which is a small track, not very fast, to Burlington, Iowa. So it was definitely a big jump. But here lately, I mean, I've been pretty fast. But these short tracks are killing me, so I'm for sure ready to get to Granite City. Uh, so, yeah, uh, earlier this year, the show that uh, Brady Bacon took home, you actually were up toward the front in your heat racing had a pretty strong run there in the feature as well. Yeah, I had a pretty good, I started, I think, first in my heat race, won it, and started fifth in the dash, and I think I finished fifth, and in the feature, I got a little nervy, because I'm not used to running up that um, high in the field, and had a couple little bobbles, and then there towards the end, I think Ben Wagner got around me the last lap, I was running nine my motor started to run out of fuel, so, but I still had another good, solid top 10 finish. Well, I, like you said, just uh, having a good run like that, just kind of explain um, how, just what that means uh, going back to a track, say, the second or third time after having success, kind of the first time out, just how much of a confidence booster is that for you as a driver? Well, it for sure is a confidence booster. I mean... Earlier this year in Sprint Week, I was looking forward to after Highland, which I had a pretty decent run there for the field that we had, to go to Granite, you know, and kind of, that's a track that I've ran good at, and uh, I'm kind of new to doing all my maintenance myself, and I messed up some stuff and didn't get to run it, so that was a bummer, but I think now we got all of our stuff lined up, and I think I'll be ready to go, so. I mean, just going back to a track that you ran so good at, you know, it's definitely just a huge compliment to us. These short tracks have just kind of knocked me down a little bit because it's just like a struggle. But we'll see. Well, I'm ready. Of course, we got a couple dates coming up at Granite, and then a couple dates pretty close down for you with uh, Lincoln kind of being your de facto home track. Just kind of, I kind of ask AJ this as well, but. 
what's it mean to you being able to run in front of friends and family, and what would it mean to be able to win in front of those people? Oh, I mean, it's huge any time to come back home. And, you know, I had so much success there with my micro. And so, I mean, I got a lot of fans and, like you said, family and friends who come and watch me there and most of the time don't get to see me anywhere else. But, you know, you got to run good whenever you're in front of your home crowd to show them that you kind of still belong here. I mean, whenever you tell them you run good three hours away, you know, I mean, they think you're doing good, but you got to prove it to them, I guess. Well, like you said, um, uh, Lincoln and Jacksonville that last weekend, they're both kind of bull rings. You're kind of one of those uh, one of those guys that kind of likes to open it up a little bit on a bigger racetrack. Um, but how much of a challenge is that for somebody like yourself to, even though you, sometimes you have good runs, it maybe doesn't necessarily fit your driving style per se, but just how, how hard is that kind of to adjust, especially, like you said, especially going from one night to the next where, you run into a different racetrack each night, and you have to adjust your driving style. Just how, how much is that? How much of it is mental, and how much of it is just actually adjusting the race car? I think the majority of it's mental, and it kind of gets in my head a lot. But adjusting the race car is a big part of it too. We kind of got the big track figured out a little bit better. These short tracks, we just can't get no bite. But I mean. I think majority of it's probably just me and learning, and I think I feel like a big track's a little bit easier to drive. And these little tracks, it takes quite a bit of a driver, which I, I guess I'm not, I'm not good of a driver yet. None of them are any slouches, so you got to be on top of your game every night to even make the show. So, so well, well. We'll give you a chance here as well. Who are the who are the people and sponsors who help keep you on the racetrack and help help keep your car kind of upkept each and every night? Because I somebody who's been around it a long time, and I know there's a lot a lot of people that not everybody necessarily gets to see that there's a lot of time, work, and effort goes into it. So we'll give you a chance here to kind of thank those people and that kind of help make it all possible because it's it's not easy. Yeah, I mean, anymore it's getting harder and harder, but my biggest one would probably have to be my dad. I mean, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't even got started racing, but now he's kind of helping me flip some of the bill, and I help him flip some of the bill, and that's how we get up and down the road. But Bill Warrior with my motors, I mean, he's got him running. He's got my motor running as good as it can get. Cricket Levi comes and to the shop almost every week and kind of helps us get stuff squared up and he travels with us. Um, the Line Eye Bank here in Lincoln, they help me out. Dagger End and Hearts, or I think it's in Emden, they help me out quite a bit. Um, what we need with Eli Clockingay, he helps me. Me Realty with Seth Goodman. Um, and then Ron Jennings, he's Help me out. I mean, he's probably one of my biggest helpers, and he's not doing it. Right the keep him in his purse, but I think, I mean, he'll be all right. But the biggest, the biggest part to my racing. 
So before we let you go, will we can we expect to see the 25 machine at the final four uh, MOA shows of the season? Well, at Quincy, we started to have a little motor problem. I don't know if it was a motor problem. It was something making a little noise up front. So I think we're going to fire the car up either tomorrow or Thursday. And if it's nothing too major, which I don't think it is, we'll for sure be at um, Granite City, and we'll take it night by night. And We'll for sure be at Lincoln and kind of take that. If we run good at Lincoln, move on to Jacksonville. So in the plans, it's to make all four shows. That's understandable. Well, Levi, thank you very much for taking some time out of your evening to come and join the podcast. And uh, we wish you the best of luck coming up here the rest of the season. And we hope it isn't too serious. And we hope to see you at the track soon. All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Levi Curry, the driver of the number 25 MOA Sprint Car. Sure. Uh, we'll take a quick break here and we'll bring our next guest onto the show the promoter and owner of tri-city speedway kevin gundecker you're listening to the lowest print car series presented by casey's general stores podcast welcome back to the lowest print car series presented by casey's general stores podcast at this time we would like to welcome to the show one of the guys who kind of helped open his arms up to us in our inaugural season and We've had some great shows at his racetrack here since. Are coming up here. We're joining. A, we're joined by Kevin Gundecker, owner and promoter of Tri City Speedway. Kevin, welcome to the Mall Podcast. Oh, Patrick, thank you for having us on. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you've had you've had some pretty big events down here with this Gold Crown Midget Nationals deal is uh, really kind of blown up. And last year you added the Mall Sprint Car Series to it, and had a great field of cars show up and double the pleasure, double the fun. We're running two two nights this year instead of one. Oh, that's correct. We're going to have you guys uh, October 3rd and October 4th, you know, the Friday-Saturday portion of the uh, Gold Crown Mid Midget Nationals and really looking forward to it. Very excited about uh, you guys coming back. Well, we're glad to be back. Um, you guys have always given us a pretty, pretty well-prepped racetrack and – we always usually do our best to put on a good show, and it's the fields that we've been kind of getting to show up for any of our races down there have been second to none. I know for Sprint Week, we had we had some heavy hitters in the house. Well, there's no doubt about it. Now, the event turned out to, you know just to be great, and those guys put on one heck of a show, and I know the, the fans raved about it you know, for days after that, so it was great to be able to to have you guys back, especially two dates night, you know, one right after the other. So it, it's going to just really add a lot to the gold run. Absolutely. And with some of the guys that are that are supposed to be coming and run their midgets, there's, I know, a pretty good possibility of three, four, or even more of those guys that may hop in and do, a, do double duty and should add an extra element to the show that should be a lot of fun. Oh, I know Rico Bruce planning it, uh, Brady Bacon's planning on it, uh, Christopher Bell, Zach Dom. I mean, uh, that's the ones I know for sure, so there, there's no doubt that's going to add a little flavor to, to, you know, both sides of the coin there. And uh, uh, they, they all four run great, and, uh, let alone have them both in a midget and a sprint car on the same night. Absolutely. You're going to have some guys that are going for some uh, ser serious bragging rights there at the end of the night. Oh, there's no doubt about it, you know, and, uh, it's great, you know. I mean, it's uh, uh, such a such a great event, anyways, and to to have the more people there on top of it just 
just really adds a lot to it. So for uh, maybe a, uh, maybe a sprint car fan who's coming down to Granite City for the first time, um, just kind of explain some of the amenities and and some of how, or somebody maybe who hasn't seen the racetrack in a while, since the some of the reconfigurations you've done to it. Of course, it used to be a half mile with a quarter inside of it. Now it's a high bank, really racy three eighths. But just explain some of the stuff that you guys have done to really make Tri City one of the premier racetracks in the entire state. Well, you know, right off the bat there, you know, like I said, we uh, we built that new 3 uh racetrack. It's 70 feet all the way around. Uh, it's 15-degree bank in the corners. Uh, we put up new Musco lighting three years ago. We put up all new concession stands. Uh, we've got a lot of uh, motorhome parking now, so uh, the amenities, are. we just keep working on them. And it just keeps, we're just trying to get in the future and keep growing our facility here and really, really uh, making it fan-friendly. Well, that's definitely one of the things that I know a lot of people talk about, whether it be in the open wheel circles or the stock car circles, is just how how uh, fam how family friendly, how fan friendly, just and how accessible everything is there, and also just how good the racing is. It just it seems like the racetrack, no matter what what kind of cars are on it, it's it just produces good racing, and just it's just one of those deals that. You guys have got a really great racetrack that it, it really it really just is a really a lot of guys call it a racer's racetrack. Oh, there's no doubt. You know, I mean, uh, the thing is is so wide and so variable. Uh, you, if you're not working on the bottom, you can find another place in the middle or top. Uh, the cars are moving around; they're able to move around. It's generally never a single lane racetrack, so it it just dictates. You know, it's very good for or for racing in general, and a, it makes a great fan experience. Absolutely. Just uh, kind of talk about, if you can, a little bit about um, what caught your eye about the MOA series in the very beginning and kind of how um, how everything's kind of gotten to where it is today because I know there's been a lot of steps with this deal starting all the way back when the series started back up in 2011. Well, there's no doubt. You know, uh, I think it's a great uh, you know, series, especially for more of the local racers. Um, you know, there's only a chosen few that can go run that World Outlaw show. That, uh, and I, I think it's just great to have, like, our local racers uh, uh, back in, the, like, Mohans and Standridges and all these great guys. I mean, even like Terry McCarl or, you know, the dude dropped in last time. I mean, you, you just go right on down the line. You know, uh, Kelly Kinzer, uh, I mean, these guys... You know, it's great to see these guys, let alone, uh, you know, be able to race week in and week out like they're doing and, and not have to travel all the way across the country to do it. And I think it's a great, you know, great, great series and sanctioning body and uh, really get along with all the guys. And I'm just happy to see, you know, even Jimmy Hurley, everybody involved there. I mean, it's just, uh, I think it's a great series. It's got a, it's got a lot of steam, a lot of potential. Well, we, we appreciate the kind words for sure, and one of the things that's definitely been noticed, and I know some of the drivers that have dropped in that have noticed as well, that the competition just keeps getting tougher all, all, all the time. These guys have really stepped their stuff up. Oh, there's no doubt about it. It's, that's just a, a typical racer, though. I mean, uh, you know, they'll find, that, they'll find an edge. They'll find a way. Uh, you know, they go home and work on their race cars because they weren't happy running second, third, or fourth, you know. 
So they go, they get in there and, and really dig deep and get them elbows up, and they want that one more spot, you know, and it's uh, really great to see, very competitive. Absolutely. For anybody who's coming down to the show this weekend, uh, is there any uh, special advice or recommendations or anything that maybe some of the fans need to know about? I'll tell you what, uh, a couple things. You know, uh, we, we do have motorhome parking. Don't have any hookups, but it's free. All of our parking here at, at Tri-City Speedway is free. Uh, you know, get here early. Have a lot of fun. We're going to enjoy the event. If you, if you chose not to, to, you know, camp, we have a a great relationship with the sleeping and suites right there at Highway 111, which is about a mile and a half from the racetrack, and there is a racers right there. Uh, if you need any help with anything, give us a call at 1-800-617-9077, or you can visit us on our website, tricitiespeedway.net, and get all the information on any of the upcoming events. But uh, sure be glad if somebody's got questions, give us a call, and we'll be glad to sure try to help them out. Absolutely. Kevin, thank you very much for your time. I know you've been very busy here with everything that's been going on. That's just kind of nonstop for you. You've got a lot of stuff on your plate. We thank you for taking time for uh, taking your time out of your busy schedule to come and join the podcast this evening. Oh, Patrick, thanks for having us. And uh, like I say, I look forward to having the, the Mola Sprint Car Group back at our facility, uh, especially for two days back to back. Absolutely. Thank you very much. Kevin Gundecker, the owner and promoter of Tri-City Speedway in Pontoon Beach, Illinois. The next two uh, next two scheduled nights for the most Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores. Uh, we'll be right back with our next guest here on the most Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores podcast. Welcome back, race fans, to the Mola Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores podcast. Unfortunately, our third scheduled guest was unable to make it due to a scheduled conflict. We'd like to thank... Our two guests who were able to make it, uh, Levi Curry and driver of the number 25 Moa Sprint Car, as well as the owner and promoter, one of the owners and promoters of Tri-City Speedway in Pontoon Beach, Illinois, Kevin Gundecker. Of course, Kevin's track, uh, Tri-City Speedway, will be the site for the next two Moa Sprint Car Series presented by Casey's General Stores events on Friday, October 3rd and Saturday, October 4th. That will be in addition to the Gold Crown Midget Nationals. Uh, it's going to be a great open wheel, open wheel weekend down at the Tri City Speedway. If you've not seen seen the racetrack before, it is well worth getting down there to check it out. It's going to be a great weekend, very fan friendly, and Tri City usually puts on a great show. The Moa's Print Car Series has really taken a liking to the racetrack and put on some great racing throughout their various events there throughout. It, their, the series history. Uh, for, before we sign off for this week's podcast, I'd like to make a note that this there will be a break in between podcasts. There will not be a brand new podcast next week. We will do one right after the Gold Crown Midget Nationals, uh, the doubleheader for the Moa Sprint Car Series that weekend. We will do one the, the week after that. And we will look forward to Shaheen's Super Weekend, which is coming up that very following weekend, October 10th, Friday night at Lincoln Speedway, and Saturday night, we crown the champion for the 2014 Moa Sprint Car Series, presented by Casey's General Store season, Saturday, October 11th, at Jacksonville Speedway. 
Just four more events coming up for the Moments Print Car Series. You will not want to miss any of them. So until next time, I'm Patrick Davis, thanking each and every one of you for tuning in to this week's edition of the Moments Print Car Series, presented by Casey's General Stores Podcast.